I do not shrink from this responsibility. I welcome it. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I do not shrink from this responsibility. I welcome it. My fellow citizens of the world, ask not what America will do for you, but what together we can do for the freedom of man. Yeah, that's right. It's what can you do? Uh, oh, Kennedy. Yeah, part of Frowntown. <laughs> my favorite part about that clip is uh, hearing him hit like the ER sound and being like, yeah, it, it, <laughs> that hard Boston. Ah, I will not yeah. shrink back from it. And it's, it's uh, so Boston. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like a rich people Boston accent, though. It's, uh, it's, it's very rich people Boston. It's, it's super the, ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, instead of the, <laughs> ah, rah, rah. You know what I mean? It's so nasally. It's so nasally. <laughs> <laughs> So You're here's fetishizing my culture. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a fetishization <laughs> as much as it's just an observation. <laughs> I, I didn't say I want it. I just said that I noticed it. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. So, okay. Hey, what can you do? So uh, this is an episode of Frown Town that's a little different, as you can tell from the way it started. Normally, we start with a very kick-ass song from FCON. FCON! Uh, FCON. Uh, but uh, this episode is a little different. So uh, Frowntown is a podcast about laws and bills. And oftentimes, as we start going uh, into the laws and bills, we find out uh, uh, dark things and we get sad. And uh, when we were making Frowntown, we were like, yo, we don't want to be always sad and always in with like, well, I guess we're fucked. So good night. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want to end with that. Like, it's, it's not a good true. ending. I mean, it's true. <laughs> yes, but we don't want to end with that. <laughs> we're trying. We're, we're entertainers, God damn it. Yeah. We want to make you feel kind of better. <laughs> sort of. Uh, so I thought it would be kind of cool to, to take the opportunity to talk about things uh, that we can do uh, in real time about, uh, you know, everyday issues that affect us. Yeah. Um, and the thing that kind of stood out to me, because uh, it's going to tie into some of the next uh, few session, sections of this that we do. Uh, so right now, we are about to enter one of, I would argue, one of the most contentious uh, election cycles of, of our modern era. We've been in this election cycle for years. For years. <laughs> it's like, a, it's a twist. We've always been here. It's, we has died not gone in away. 1999. Has never gone away. <laughs> September uh, 11th killed everybody and we're just in hell. Holy shit. What if we were just inside of like uh, like a Matrix type program and that literally happened? <gasps> it's just all of us in a battery what farm. We are. We are. We're a battery farm and our rage is the fuel. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're fueled by rage. Uh, I'm, 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 fueled, I'm fueled by cream of wheat. <laughs> Specifically, peach flavor is delicious. You're healthier than I am. I cream of wheat is amazing, but we're not here to talk about cream of wheat. No, we're what not. we're here to talk yeah. about is what we can do what to, can to improve do? small issues. Uh, the election is a big issue right now. Uh, one of the biggest problems with the election is that we don't know what the actual outcome will be for the United States Postal Service. Uh, 
Yeah. Oh, we, we don't know what's going to happen to it. Uh, and it's kind of, it's kind of wild. And the reason that's wild is because like, uh, I love the postal service and, and I have a story for you. V. Dude, it's so dope. What do you got? Here's my story for the postal okay. service. So, uh, when I was, uh, but a young boy. And so I was, I was, uh, <laughs> I, I, so it was me, but like uh, smaller. I think you can imagine that. Like you sm- smaller. Oh, that sounds adorable. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, but smaller. Uh, I I had uh, I had a, a friend who lived in Tuskegee, Alabama, and okay. I lived in Huntsville, Alabama. And my mm-hmm. friend in Tuskegee, Alabama, I met him uh, because I had grandparents in Tuskegee, and so I would go spend like the summer and some of the holidays with my grandparents and my mom. Uh, and so then, like I would, you know, when I was there, uh, I didn't have any friends. And I met this one kid who lived near my grandparents and we became friends. And so when I went back home, because I wanted to keep my friend, I would write letters to my friend. And we uh, write letters about like what we thought about school. We would draw like uh, like cartoons back and forth nice. to one another. Uh, we started a comic book together. Did all you ever via... draw porn? Did you ever draw porn? No, but our comic okay. books were, were really... But, no, our comic books were drawn in the style of comic books. So like, I ah. mean... You know what I'm saying? Like so, like if you look at any <laughs> any any woman in a comic book, it is pretty pornographic to an extent. Uh, and we didn't do a lot of coloring, so it was just like sure. uh, ink line drawings of women without nipples, essentially. <laughs> um, so I mean, and, and we're, Very you know, form fitting suits. Yeah, we're like in our we're like eleven, twelve. <laughs> like you know, we're 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 drawn for twelve year olds, uh, which is do you still have any of like. these drawings? Um, I don't think I do. So here's what happened. I used to keep all of this inside of a folder, uh, like a paper folder and I had everything stored and I would, uh, I would just go back to it occasionally and kind of remember it. But, uh, there was a, there's a whole backstory here where I I got older, I moved away and then I had to like choose what I was going to take with me and what I wasn't. Ah. And that was one of the things that I didn't take with me and I left it. I didn't throw it away, but I left it at my parents' house, uh, along with like my Legos and, <laughs> and, and, and like, uh, my Hot Wheels cars. And my parents gave all of that to my niece. So I don't, I don't know what happened to the, the letters, but I know like my Legos and my Hot Wheels cars are gone. Your niece, your niece is like on TikTok right now, just like, what is this weird shit? Like, I hope so. That, <laughs> She needs You're content. Like, <laughs> her, her TikTok is lacking. Um, uh, oh, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm She's six. It, it should be bad. I'm joking. Clearly, okay. my niece is not on TikTok. She's six. Um, so what okay. were we talking about? The, post the postal office. service. And so the post office so uh, was the way I was able to do that. For like 25 cents, I could send a letter. And the thing that was crazy to me is, is that I could send a letter on Tuesday uh, for 25 cents. It would be uh, in Tuskegee on Thursday. Uh, and my friend could send a letter back on Thursday. And it would be back... Uh, to me by Monday. So in a week's time, we could have corresponded twice. And that's wild when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, because it was just for, for like basically for a dollar, uh, we could have like two or three conversations ongoing. We're sending comics back and forth. And it is not it is not a surprise, at least it shouldn't be a surprise for most people who live in the United States that we were able to do that because we've known about the Postal Service for a long time. Yeah, fact, but Jay, you, I can do that with my iPhone now. Why do great I still point. need the Postal Service? We are going to have that conversation. <laughs> However, I want to start with, when do you think the Postal Service was created? Ooh. What year? Uh, Fun game. Oh. Price is right rule. So if you oh. don't... Yeah, Price is Right's rules, so you can't go over. And I'm willing to give one hint. 1811. Ooh. No? 
Did I go over? You did. <gasps> 18, but you were close, though. You were really, uh, really close. When you hear how close you are, you might be upset. I'm going to be so upset. Tell me. 1792. No! Okay, that wasn't that close. You were pretty close. Like, I mean, considering. It's still pretty close. History is long. <laughs> History is very long. 1792 is when uh, the first postal off- post office department was created. Uh, it was part of the post service, Postal Service Act that was passed in the Second Continental Congress. The first postmaster general. You want to take a run at that? The first postmaster general was... Um, it's turned into a eight, bad game of trivia, and I apologize for that. 1856. No, who was the first postmaster general? Oh. <laughs> and it, it was in 1792, because... <laughs> uh, it's still, the, still the same date. Oh, I just thought they were freewheeling for a while. Um, no, no. Started, started with, okay, it, with the exception. Okay, who was the first postmaster general? It was... I guarantee you know this person. <sighs> I, I'm giving hints all day. Let's go hints. Uh, you know yeah, this person. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, okay, I'm going to do one word hints until you get it. Yeah. Kites. It was uh, Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Boston, baby. <laughs> Boston. Benjamin Franklin. Correct. We know, we know all about that guy and his weird fucking fetishes and shit. He always went to <laughs> France. You know why. Benjamin he, Franklin fucked because he, he was trying to learn more about the postal system. He was going to France for La Poste, which they is the postal system in France. Bodies in his basement. That's they prob- I would not be surprised. They did. They did. But anyway. now in 2020, <laughs> and now in 2020, uh, we have run into a, a system where the United States Postal Service is actually in trouble. Uh, in April oh, of 2020, no. they asked Congress for 89 like billion dollars. They needed all that money. Yeah. Why do they need all that money? Are they like just not good at like running a business? My God, that is the best question of all time. Uh, Here's the thing about the postal service: they're not supposed to be good at business. What? I thought that like I pay money, I go in there, and I and it's there's a counter. That's a business, right? No, no, it's not a business. They are a service. So Ah. they they most businesses their entire goal is to turn a profit and grow. That's a very you know uh, basic idea of a business. Business. The U.S. Postal Service does not is not expected to turn a profit, and is not expected to grow. In fact, it is only meant to offer a service to the American people. Uh, Part of that reason it's not meant to grow is because so it's like a library. Yeah, but with mail. But it's like a library that goes in the air. It's, it's like a library, but like uh, instead of returning books, you're returning letters to go to where they're supposed to be. Mm, that's, I like that's it. That's whimsical. That's very whimsical. I like it. Here's a f- another fun fact about the Postal <laughs> Service because we're all fun facts here. Um, the Postal Service uh, goes places that other delivery services will not because they are not a business. Um, oh, the market, like where? Great question. I used to be a FedEx delivery driver. And when I was a FedEx delivery driver, what I've often ran into is that in many rural areas, FedEx would not deliver. And what we would do is we would, uh, people, would, it would come all the way uh, to like the, the quote unquote last mile delivery uh, with FedEx. And then we would hand it off to the postal service and then they would take it the last mile. And the reason why is because uh, it's cost prohibitive for FedEx to go out there. So when I was a FedEx driver and I worked uh, for FedEx in Alabama, so this is in Alabama where the uh, minimum wage at the time was $7.25, I got paid, uh, I want to say I was getting paid $18 uh, an hour to run my route, which is still pretty shitty, but whatever. I'm twice the minimum wage. 
the postal service, I want to say uh, they might've been paying 10, nine to $10. <laughs> they might've been paying that much. It's just cheaper for them. And more to the point, uh, FedEx has to turn a profit. The postal service does not. So, you know, I actually heard, uh, it's reminding me, I heard about how they have um, a post office in the bottom of the Grand Canyon and the, they take packages like <laughs> I'm just I'm looking at a picture right now and it looks like fucking Amazon packages on a bunch of mules sounds correct <laughs> and it's just it's beautiful we'll I will put it we'll tweet it I don't know I'll take a picture of it with my phone here's, a, here's an answer to an earlier question that you asked and I thought was a really good question you said if the postal service is not a business, then how do they? Why do they need money? Yeah, why do they need all that money? What is it for? Well, V, uh, this is more your department uh, because there was a bill in 2006. <gasps> a bill that was passed into law. Oh no! That law required the United States Postal Service to pre-fund 75 years worth of retiree health benefits in the span of 10 years. That's approximately 110 billion dollars. If you'll remember, postal That's a service. Lot of money is asking for $89 billion. And I don't think it's a coincidence that these two things are similar. Huh. The Postal Service, because it had to fund pensions uh, for technically workers who weren't even there, because 75 years of pensions means that you're funding pension plans for workers that haven't begun to work there yet. Oh, wait, wait. So so, so when they're saying fund 75 years of pensions, they're saying like, including the pensions of people that you will hire in 75 years. Uh, in that time period, so essentially, so people out, who aren't even born yet, co- correct? Is that what so you're you, saying? Yes, you put 110 billion dollars <laughs> into a pension fund. You put 110 billion dollars into a pension fund that is de- designed to last for 75 years, giving stability for 75 years. Uh, and, and remember, most people when they retire may uh, draw their pension uh, for like 20 years. That's a good time span, I think. Right. Uh, though I feel like currently we're probably not doing that. Um, <laughs> it's probably closer <laughs> to like 10. Uh, sure. But that is uh, such a cost prohibitive burden um, that the Postal Service, which uh, up until this point had been you know, kind of turning a profit and, and sloughing money off. Right. Giving money back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, became a problem. And the no. issue here is that because the Postal Service is uh, essential, let me run through a couple of things for you to know about the Postal Service. Uh, first yeah, like, of all, why do we need it, though? Like, I don't write letters to my friends. Like, I love this. Correct. Ugh, so, I text, you have an iPhone. Jay. You have an iPhone, like most people. And we have internet. Yeah. And so, like, why do we need it? A couple things. Uh, so, first of all, your iPhone can't text medication to you. Ooh, oh, my God. That would be so great if I could text drugs into my It would be mouth. amazing if, <laughs> if you could get drugs texted to your phone, which we would never leave the house. Um, I already don't leave the house. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if there were drugs being texted to your phone. <laughs> No one would ever hear from you again. Um, the, the Postal Service has millions. In fact, almost 12 million Americans rely on the Postal Service for medication and oh, packages. Oh, shit. I didn't yeah. think about that because I live in a city and I have a pharmacy right across the street from my house. Some people don't have that. And That's if right. FedEx, UPS, or DHL are the services delivering these medications, the prices go up. Because again, the Postal Service is able to deliver these medications at a lower price. Oh, shit. So that's just making it harder for people who already don't have any money. You know what? It's funny that you would mention that because in rural areas, it's almost like you know where we're going. In rural areas, (laughs) uh, according to the USDA and it's uh, a report that they they dropped, um, the rural poverty rate 
uh, I think this is for 2019, is 16.4%. Uh, compared to 12.9% for urban areas. And this is important for two reasons. Is this, uh, first, the, is this the poverty rate before coronavirus? <laughs> but this is before coronavirus. Oh, <laughs> it's, so way it's, worse now. it's way higher. It's way higher. This is 2019. Man. Yeah, so it's, it's way worse. And now the poverty rate is like a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> We're all impoverished. Uh, the, the, it's important for two reasons. Uh, so first, the medication that we talked about yeah. can afford an uptick if you have more poverty, obviously, coming in with your medication. And people are going to need medications if they get sick. Yeah. And then the other thing is uh, internet costs money. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you're in poverty- That's me spitting out my drink. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what? And, and if you're in poverty, uh, you can't afford internet. In fact, if you go to the, uh, if you go to the internet right now, I'm so sorry. If you search on Google right on now. On the World Wide Web. Yeah. If you can, if you want, if you have the internet and it's, it's inconceivable that someone cannot, uh, afford it. If you search on Google right now for children who cannot afford the internet, uh, at fast food restaurants, you will find a series of, images of children hanging outside of Taco Bell and McDonald's and other areas uh, that are have free internet where they have gone and bought like uh, chips and queso at Taco Bell or fries at McDonald's and then hang out at McDonald's so they can do their schoolwork because they don't have yeah. internet at home to do it. I've done that so many times. You hang out and if you don't have the internet at your house, you just go and you find a place. But if you're in the middle of nowhere... There's not a place for you to find. And you yeah. know how many people uh, lack access to broadband? How many? Take a run at it. How many do you think? Well, okay. For how many people are in America? In a rural area. Let me re- let me rephrase oh, that. So, you're so, in a rural area. So there's in people in a rural area. area. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a million. Okay, that's that's a good guess. Uh, just keep with the prices right rules, uh, and because you're the only contestant, you technically won. But it's. Woo! Yeah, it's uh, actually 14.5 million people. What? Yeah, 14.5 million people uh, lack access to broadband in rural areas. That's so much. Oh, oh, hang in there. The Pew Research Center uh, conducted a survey in 2018, and it found Uh that roughly 58% or 6 in 10 rural American respondents Uh thought of high-speed internet either to be a problem in their area and 24% considered a major problem. Wait, wait. They thought that the internet was a problem? That high-speed internet is a problem. So 58%. So it's, it's not, is it a problem according to our test? Is we went and talked to people who live in those areas and almost six out of 10, so 5.8 people out of 10 were like, yeah, internet is a problem. And two and a half people out of 10 were like, it's a major problem. Wow. And there's still more. 18% of Americans still pay their bills by mail. Wait, so that's like almost one out of every five people pays their bills by mail. One out of every five people get prescription medications via mail. What do they do? They do those things. What are those things called? The... uh, They write a check? They write a check? (laughs) Yeah, they they, they get paper, like some primitive people. What? They get, they get. Uh, I think they take like a, a piece of stone called granite. Oh my god! And I, sometimes they, they use. Uh, a, you know what a the dye. best part? You know what the best part though about paying your rent by check is the is that you could pee on it you a could, little bit. I was gonna say you could uh, postate the check. Shout out to my my poverty <laughs> folks. 
Oh my god! Shout out to my poverty folks. You I know what I'm to, talking about. I tried to post date a check one time for an apartment, and the realtor got mad at me. Yeah, you can't cash this check she, until she, next week, bitch. She was like, she was like, <laughs> no. She literally was like, you, you're not allowed to do this. This is Untrue. illegal. Untrue. I and I, I was like, but my mom did it all the time. <laughs> I dare you to come get me for this. Uh, it's not illegal. <laughs> Uh, you my just mom, have to wait. my mom once postdated a check for my graduation. She gave me a hundred dollar or a few hundred dollars, and she postdated it for six months. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I never cashed that check because she kept calling me and being like, "Hey, you can't cash that check yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, the money's not in there. I think I still have that check somewhere." <laughs> And that's the best part of pay, and that's why we should all be paying our bills by the mail. Uh, <laughs> I haven't postdated a check in a while, and I could I could stand to postdate some checks. Um, there's, an, there's one other important thing that the United States Postal Office, uh, our United States Postal Service, excuse me, does, and it's something that uh, is really really hot right now in the news. So we didn't spend a lot of time talking about it, but it obviously plays a role in elections. Um, there's. There's something that is, oh, wait, I, dang it. I should have had you running it this time. <laughs> yeah. Ah! I should have had you running it this time. I'm, I'm on another That's all right. That's on we'll me. We'll figure it out. We're going to get it. Uh, We're learning. So, so here's, here's the thing about uh, the role it plays in elections. Obviously, right now, during a pandemic, it's a big deal to be able to mail in your vote or to Which be able to have. we can do in Washington, by the way. And I just want to tell everybody out there who's not in Washington, mail-in voting is fucking tight. It's sweet. It is very sweet. It's so awesome. But here's what's wild about mail-in voting and the USPS as far as its role. Uh, I think, especially if you live and have lived in a large city for most of your life. And even in some of the smaller places, uh, there's always like one, like uh, I remember uh, in some of the smaller towns in Alabama, there'd be like that one gym or church that's open as a pole. Yeah. 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 Of course. Uh, well, here's the thing. There are small towns uh, in America that are so small. They're not populated enough to be able to afford the money to open a pole. Wait, you have to pay money to open a pole? You have to, well, yeah, it's the location and the area and like the volunteers is the, the actual work behind it costs money. So oh, you, don't pay any, you don't pay the volunteers, you don't pay for the location, uh, but the people who coordinate it and the, there's, there's money behind it. Uh, and more huh. to the point, uh, because they're not populated enough to open a poll and they can't mobilize for, you know, their population, they vote by mail. Yeah. Like we do in Washington. Yeah. And if you've ever lived overseas- you also uh, vote by mail with absentee val- balloting. Is that what you did? Um, no, I actually <laughs> I did the uh, the old. Uh, I'm going to give you my vote and then sign off on it, and then you go cast it for me. I did that. That's <laughs> nice. the thing you can do. So, uh, depending upon the state that you want to be represented in, you can do that. Uh, I didn't. I didn't rep for Alabama when I left. Uh, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm not paying uh, income taxes." So I, I actually uh, did a lot of my voting through uh, random ass states like Delaware or other states that didn't have income tax. Oh, Delaware. Yeah, that's the secret state where everybody goes to put their secret Yeah, because you can't bust in. me for taxes and I don't have I don't have. You enough. can get a business license and not even attach your legal name to it. Ooh, yeah, Delaware. A lot of shady shit in Delaware. <laughs> 
the smallest state. So when you look at like a lot of the laws and, and it, we don't have time to dive into uh, the law that that's required the USPS to uh, fund a pension for 75 years. We don't have time to dig into it. <sighs> we don't. I, I know you're dying to do it, V. And, and I'm sorry that we can't. No, I'm actually, I'm not. I'm, that's a relief. I'm relieved. Oh, I thought you were just like, oh, no. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> At this point, I think you just kind of have to take it uh, on word that for years, a specific section of the American government has been pushing to privatize the United States Postal Service, uh, mainly because that section truly believes that government should be smaller. And because the Postal Service is probably the first truly social institution that the America that was founded by the American government. Uh, if you think about it, because yeah. it is meant to provide a service to everyone despite uh, where they live. And uh, as long as you're an American citizen, the service costs the same for you uh, as it does for anyone else. Um, the push to privatize it and remove that social service uh, has been coming from uh, a branch of government and, you know, basically libertarians, Republicans that, that want to do away with it. Uh, the problem with that is that uh, there are people that if we privatize the United States Postal Service, uh, it would no longer serve them. And right, because it's now become a business, which correct. it wasn't before, which I just learned. One other big issue with that is that the United States Postal Service also supports tons, tons of small businesses as you know, as a shipping partner, essentially. Oh, dip, yeah, yeah. So, like, think about all the times you go to Etsy or you hit up, you know, all the random uh, little small, uh, you know, jewelry. Oh makers. yeah, I like to get like a cool mask where it's got like fringe on it. Yeah, indigenous yeah. people who sell their uh, yeah. Shout out to Carlos who who sells those. Uh, indigenous people who are other people who sell those too. Sorry, I don't know if there was a person in particular we're talking about. There's a ton of people making masks. There are and uh, indigenous people who make jewelry and other cultural items to be sold uh, both to uh, white people who want to uh, appropriate and appreciate it. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe not appropriate, but who want to appreciate it and also to other members of their culture. Uh, all of those things. It, there's a livelihood for them that, you know, the price per box for the United States Postal Service is so much lower. Oh, dude. I mean, when I used to do blacksmithing, we would order steel from this place down south yep. and they would send. I feel bad for the mailman, but you can ship like up to like in one of those uh, priority boxes. Yeah. You, you can ship like 75 pounds. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's just, so it's just like little box, that box. And it's literally just like a block of steel, yeah. just carbon steel, just in this box. We, we would have to go and get like a hand truck to go and pick up this little box. It's like a $10 ship too, by the way. Yeah. It's so cheap. And there's, very cheap. there's no way that the people who are producing this steel who are like, uh, who are, who are doing this, there's no way that they would be able to ship that stuff to us without i mean that was always an issue when you're a metal worker is that metal is heavy and so shipping it can be problematic so yeah we use the u.s postal service all the time uh to ship heavy metal pieces yeah and, and the, the other thing to take away from this is so the first attack against the u.s postal service is that if you privatize it uh, it'll be run more efficiently. I think we can argue that efficiency isn't the the key here for the Postal Service. Uh, what we want is to be able to serve uh, everyone um, at a price right. that we can all afford. Uh, right. The other attack of the United States Postal Service typically does with the role it plays in voting. Uh, we've kind of seen that, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the claims, but there are two specific claims that are both false uh, about 
voter fraud and the fact that mail-in votes, more mail-in votes help Democrats. Well, but I mean, couldn't people, couldn't people steal someone's ballot? And I'm glad in? you're saying that. I want to take a couple seconds just to hit both of these. So let's talk first about voter fraud. Are millions of votes being counted illegally in America? In short, no. The documented cases of mail-in ballot fraud are actually very rare. Uh, in a report by Reuters and the conservative Heritage Foundation. So the Heritage Foundation is a conservative uh, Ooh, group. Oh, yeah. They're, they're bad, nasty people. Yeah. So their, their report uh, found 14 cases of attempted mail fraud out of roughly 15.5 million ballots. So basically one, roughly one case per million of fraud out of 15.5 ballots cast in Oregon since that state started conducting elections by mail in 1998. The report was 10 years later. So for 10 years, they tracked fraud. And if you're keeping track at home, I did the math. That is 0.0000932%. of fraud. The other argument is that it helps one side more, and that sounds like it might be right, uh, because uh, theoretically, more people in America are liberal, are left-leaning than conservative. So if more people vote, you would think that uh, by default, uh, there'd be more Democrats voted in. Uh, that's not true, though. So uh, and this is where it gets weird and dark. Um, there's a couple of academic studies. Uh, Jason Brennan, a professor at Georgetown University, said this. Uh, there's a widespread belief among Democrats that compulsory voting would deliver more states to Democrats. It turns out that's not true. The people who vote and the people who don't vote are roughly the same in terms of their partisan preferences. So the the great equalizer here, even though, yes, the majority of this country is uh, very likely to be more liberal than conservative, not everyone turns out to vote. And the people who vote and the people who don't uh, cancel that out completely. Yeah. Uh, He goes on to say the biggest difference between voters isn't ideology, but information. Uh, the crop of people who are not voting are less informed than people who are voting right now, which hmm. brings us to a point. Uh, information, informing people, telling people, doing things like this podcast is a way to help people what? vote more. Yeah. <laughs> but the key to uh, voting in this case is information, not ideology. So yep. it's. Well, because you know what? They're all fucking bastards. They're all friends and they're all fucking. Donald Trump gave money to Kamala Harris so that she wouldn't come after his uh, for-profit universities in 2016. Like, they're all friends. Like, that shit. They, they don't hate each other as much as they say they do. Uh-huh. And, and I think the, the key here, though, is is the vitriol that, that Trump has towards the United States Postal Service is tied to Amazon and the fact that, if we're being honest, Amazon was able to amass a good deal of his fortune by not paying taxes and by taking advantage not of the Postal Service. Not paying taxes in Seattle. He and taking advantage of the postal Lex service. Luther. Yeah. And his workers. Getting rid of the postal service or privatizing it to make Amazon pay more money is a mistake because you hurt all of the American people and you don't accomplish the goal when you have the power of the purse within Congress to tax people. But that's not neither here nor there. Uh, the point that we want to make is that there are things that we can do to help support the post office. What can we do? Because this is really dark and scary all right okay so there are some things that you can do uh and i need you to know that uh a lot of this stuff as i was researching it i found uh eight things that you can do to support the postal postal service uh they're relatively small things it doesn't take a lot uh and uh, what i found 
that was interesting to me about this is how much uh, static is around this. So for every one of these things that I found, I found other people being like, this shit doesn't work. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, well, the internet uh, is a big place. It is. Uh, so what I will tell you is uh, every little bit helps. We talked about this a bit in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this may be two pennies worth of help, but it is help. So let's get started. Two pennies. Eight things you can do to support the Postal Service. Uh, super simple thing. First, number one, uh, buy stamps. Don't use them. That's just a direct don- donation. Uh, oh. Buy a United States Postal Service hat. Buy merch. They have teddy bears. They have they have uh, teddy bears. Yes, they have Postal Service teddy bears. Oh my uh, they God. have merch. They have uh, calendars. If you go to a post office, uh, like a full service post office, they should have like a lot of stuff on display. Just go buy all that stuff. Uh, if you have <laughs> money and you can and you can spend it, just go buy merch. <laughs> just head to toe post office. Sheep. The postal service does rely solely on money from services. Uh, that is per facts about the U.S. Postal Service on their website at facts.usps.com. They rely solely on money from services. Um, the other thing that you can do, uh, number two, you can sign a petition. In fact, uh, by the way, all of the things that I quoted here uh, it will be in the episode description. So all of these URLs will be in there. Uh, I will try to drop this in a sense, uh, uh, annotated form of these notes, but I might just drop the full note into the profile because uh, you can read all of this yourself. You can sign a petition on change.org to save the post office. That's a pretty simple thing, right? Heck yeah. We can all do that. You can text on your phone right now, uh, 50409. Wait, on uh, my phone? On your phone. You can text USPS to 50409. I'm doing it. Here's what will happen before you do it. Let me tell you what will happen and then you tell me if you want to do it. So here's what will happen. Uh, this automatically sends a letter uh, to uh, all of your local representatives using ResistBot. Um, I have uh, some more research about ResistBot that I will go into in a later episode about whether or not it works. Uh, there has been some backlash to the automated letter writing campaigns that uh, happen because of services like ResistBot because they overload uh, representatives with letters. But I would say... Well, and also some representatives uh, have specific filters for them. Yeah. Yes. But what I would say is uh, fill up this one particular uh, region first, and then let's go to our next ones because the next steps that I have and the other things you can do to, to support the Postal Service pass that. So fill up with the resist bot first, send letters using the automatic. It might get filtered. It might not. Uh, some of the resist bot uh, features, if you take time to write out the letter yourself and actually like write it out, uh, you will get a response. I have gotten responses thought out, well-written responses back to my resist bot letters. Uh, but but I've, I write three-page resist bot letters, so yeah. you, you, <laughs> you have to would. take a grain of salt with that, of course. Um, <laughs> let's say you, you look at resist bot and you're like, all right, this is great, but I want to make sure that, that you know my letter does something. Great. Uh, call your representatives. You can look up right now on Google, oh, all of your representatives. Uh, call them. Uh, all of rep- Every representative that you have, if, if you're unaware of your representative, there is uh, 4X us.org, uh, I think, which is, uh, it lists all of your representatives. It will list all of their information. I'll put a link to this in, obviously, in the profile for this. So you can you can call your representative, just call them on the phone. Uh, they all have office hours. Uh, I think right now, this is a good time to call them. Uh, I think because Congress might be on a recess right now, so that they should be in their yeah, home office. Yeah, they're on vacation. Yeah, they're in their home office as well. I think a lot of them aren't on actual vacation. They're just recessing and uh, they're campaigning because a lot of them have seats that are up especially in the Senate. So some of them have seats that are Yeah. So you can call your representatives and talk to them. Um, another really small thing uh, that you can do, uh, when you ship online, choose the postal service. Uh, if you have the money to splurge on faster shipping, 
spend the money on the faster shipping, Treat even if it's not going to be fast. Even if it's not going to be fast. Right now, things are a little slower, but if oh you my give God, them more money. Oh my God, they're so slow. I bought a thing like a month ago. I've been waiting on a oh, pe- pack of underwear. Yeah, 10 oh. pack of underwear. I ordered it August. Uh, it's September. I haven't seen it, but that's cool. I, I oh, I thought st- mine was bad. I just I ordered a mask that's clear so you can see my lipstick. Yeah, I, my underwear has <laughs> my my actual underwear, and I guess maybe I'm oversharing, but my actual underwear uh, is holy, and I don't mean like not touching. <laughs> and oh. I'm like, I bought ten new pairs. <laughs> I bought ten new pairs, and I, I they are being shipped through the postal service, uh, but oh. it is taking time. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Is it, is, I, it, is it a 10 pack? Is it a 10 pack? It is a 10 pack. So when nice. it comes here, I'm going to be so, so clothed. It's, <laughs> it's going to be You're going to be wearing underwear as shirts. There's <laughs> <laughs> so many options. Uh, <laughs> there's other things you can do. Uh, you can show support on social media. Believe it or not, uh, this actually does do something. And remember, we just talked about the concept of when it comes to voting, information is the biggest difference, not ideology. There may be people yeah. out there who may love the Postal Service who don't know that it's under attack right now. Uh, you talking about it on social media it might be how they find out about it. Uh, so definitely get into some information, uh, some information sharing on social media. Uh, you can also protest, which is another great way to uh, information share. Uh, there was protests where I think many protesters went to uh, DeJoy's home. He's the current postmaster general. Um, they went to his home. Uh, they stood outside. Uh, they held signs. They they were like, yo, if you're going to fuck up the Postal Service, you're not going to sleep tonight or any other night <laughs> after. And you know what? I 100%, uh, I'm, I'm on board for that. Protest. Love call it. some noise. Get in some good trouble. I mean, I think we all know that's the thing. Be like that do. Bart Simpson gif where he bangs on a, a trash can lid with a pan on his head. A hundred percent. That's what you should be doing. It's just banging <laughs> on trash can lids. Make some noise is what we're saying. Uh, and then finally, I want to send some letters. Good. Because I got, I got some place for you to send some letters to, uh, the USPS has a board of governors. There are a bunch of old white men that were selected by Trump. Ooh, However, can I send them a postcard with boobies on it? Yes, you can. In fact, if you go to uh, about.usps.com uh, leadership, you can see all of the Board of Governors and they have contact information. You can write to the United States Postal Service Board of Governors. Those are eight things that you can do to support the Postal Service. Oh my God, look at all these thumbs. Yeah, they're super white. <laughs> they are so white. What? This one guy is like biting his lip. Like, what are you doing, sir? They're, they're all white and no one is under 50. It's... Oh, these <laughs> nobody is under sixty. Come on. Well, I don't know. Donald Moak looks looks like he might be like fifty five. Uh, he's got no, he's got an air of vitality to him. No, yeah, that's called plastic surgery. Yeah, it also might just and be an old. He's got some Botox in his forehead for sure. I know when I see it. Um, yeah, there's been some issues. Um, but those are things that you can do about the postal service. Uh, hopefully this makes you feel a little bit better about, uh, life. Oh, you can tell by his neck. He's got to be at least 65. He's something. Uh, (laughs) The other thing I will say too, about the postal service that you can do to help support it, uh, amongst these eight things, I want to stress more, uh, that when it comes to addressing social issues, that everything isn't uh, fights in the street. Mm-hmm. I think there's a place for that, and I think there's room for it. But if you are a person uh, who um, may have priors, you may be a person uh, who can't afford disabled. to be arrested. You may be disabled. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why you can't go throw down in the streets, and that's fine. There's a lot that you can do uh, to help support 
causes that you believe in. There's so much you can do not on the ground. It's awesome. Right. I'm disabled right now. It was really hard for me to not go out and uh, protest. And there's so much that I've been able to do just sitting on my phone having one arm to do it with. And going forward, that's going to be the focus of this specific uh, section when we do, I guess, these episodes is it's it's going to be, what can you do? And the idea here is uh, not everyone can go out and hit the protest number seven, but there's seven other things you can do that aren't protesting, that don't put you necessarily in uh, a dangerous situation, but you can still make sure your voice is heard. And for those of you who can take the danger, uh, I'll see you out there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Are so you, that's what wait, you can are do. Are you going out there? I thought your wife said you couldn't. Um. <laughs> we, we, so here's the thing we're we're we are at a impasse on this right now i am allowed to protest but i'm not allowed to complain about what happens oh so, so oh little, wow she's tough yeah well she's, she's tough yeah yeah she, no she says that i think i think if something did happen she would be the first person there um next episode of what can you do uh, I want to tease it because I'm working on it right now. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, the next episode of What Can You Do is going to be about voter suppression and what we can do to ensure that both uh, we can vote and that we uh, can fight back against voter suppression. So we'll be outlining organizations who are working uh, against voter suppression around uh, the country. Wait, Jay, but am I? is my vote going to be suppressed? Am I suppressed? Who are they suppressing? <laughs> you can make sure you're registered to vote. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you how to do that right now. Oh. If you go to vote.org, vote.org, am I registered to vote? www.vote.org, am I registered to vote? You can find out if you're registered right now so you can begin answering the question. And if they ask you for your social security number, don't give it to them. It's the wrong site. Right, no. <laughs> Correct. If they're like, yo, give us your social and uh, your first pet's name, you should be like, no, thank you. <laughs> This is a scam. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that is the first episode of What Can You Do? I don't I don't have music to end this, so I'm just going to close it with the, the music that we started with. That sounds great. It's like aloha. Hello, goodbye. Here it goes. Goodbye. I do not shrink from this responsibility. I welcome it. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I do not shrink from this responsibility. I welcome it. My fellow citizens of the world, ask not what America will do for you. Ask what you can do for your country.